Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 134. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, do you have a product or service you would like to share with the over 150,000 unique downloads Entrepreneur on Fire receives every month consisting of passionate and engaged entrepreneurs? Chris Brogan sponsored an episode for his book, The Impact Equation, and saw great results. If you would like to share your message with Fire Nation, go to SponsorEOFire.com to find out more. That's SponsorEOFire.com. And now let's give it up for our sponsor, Jason Yana. Fire Nation, do you have a great product idea but don't know how to share your vision with the world? Jason Yana Studios, a visual marketing firm with expertise in 3D modeling and photorealistic rendering, is going to donate their high-end services to a lucky EO Fire listener. Enter to win your free set of photorealistic renderings of your product today at ignitemyproducts.com. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Robert Green. Robert, are you prepared to ignite? I certainly am, John. All right. Robert is an American author, most recently of Mastery, and speaker known for his books on strategy, power, and seduction. He has written four international bestsellers, The 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction, The 33 Strategies of War, and The 50th Law. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Robert, but why don't you take a minute, tell us who you are, we want to get to know you personally, and then take another minute to tell us what you have going on right now. Um, well, basically, you, you pretty much set it up. I'm a writer of books. Um, I'm also a consultant for people um, in business, and I serve on the board of directors uh, for the company American Apparel. Um, I primarily focus on books that have to deal with uh, strategy. Um, and they're, you know, the books are, are, are different. They're, I mix a lot of history. I tell you stories about amazing, powerful people in history, great seducers, great generals, uh, strategists, political leaders. And I, you know, illustrate my ideas with lessons from history, and I'm trying to show you what you can learn from these these great people. I, I believe, uh, we, you know, we're we're basically all have the capabilities for becoming infinitely more powerful than we are, and I, I want to sort of help you in that path. Well, I just am a voracious reader of your books. I was an American Studies major in college. I've always just loved history for. A number of reasons. Your latest book, Mastery, I'm actually in the middle yep. of right now. And your passages about Benjamin Franklin have really just taken me to the next level. I've always been a huge Benjamin Franklin fan, but really yep. just the way that you've identified him and different reasonings and different personality traits that he adapted over in France and back in America, I just found so powerful. And I'm just going to really stress to Fire Nation that this is a book that is so great for so many reasons, many of which you've just talked about as far as going back with the powerful people in history. So we're going to link all this up in the show notes and delve more into it later. But before we do, Robert, we start yeah. every show off with a success score to get that motivational ball rolling. And I know you have a powerful historical figure for us today. So who's that? 
Well, it's a quote from Marcus Aurelius, so obviously one of my favorite philosophers, a great Stoic philosopher. The quote is, our inward power, when it obeys nature, reacts to events by accommodating itself to what it faces. It pursues its own aims as circumstances allow. It turns obstacles into fuel, as a fire overwhelms what would have quenched a lamp. And basically, um, what I love about the quote is the idea um, that that so much depends on your perception in life. And when, when something bad happens, uh, when there's any kind of obstacle in our path or a setback, there's really a, a powerful mindset to always, always see it as, in fact, uh, an opportunity, as some kind of a bit of fuel that you're going to burn with your kind of inner power, your inner lamp. Um, and you're going to transform anything that happens into an opportunity. So if you're idea fails, you're an entrepreneur, um, you then look at it, well, that's a good thing because it's good to fail. An entrepreneur needs to learn from failures. It's going to make you um, a hell of a lot stronger. Um, you can do this with almost any circumstance in life. And it's, to me, it's just the most powerful mindset that a person can have. It's a great mindset, Robert. And it's actually a perfect lead-in to our next topic, which is failure or challenges and obstacles that us as entrepreneurs face every single day, every single week. And it's really how we react to these that define us as entrepreneurs, as businessmen, as people. So can you take us back to a time in your journey, Robert? Because this is a spotlight on you. When have you failed? Or share with us a challenge or an obstacle that you encountered at some point along your journey. And then how did you overcome this? Well, there have been two, two major, I suppose, obstacles in my path. The first was I, I really didn't find myself um, until I was about 36 years old when I was able to uh, was asked to write the 48 Laws of Power. Prior to that, I had been <clears throat> trying to figure out what kind of writer I should be. I tried writing journalism. I tried writing novels. I worked in Hollywood as a screenwriter, and I got it was getting kind of depressing. My parents were starting to get a little bit worried about me, <laughs> and then. Um, but the but the main lesson for me was I never gave up. I just kept trying. I I wasn't. I I got down a little bit on myself, but I knew something. I, I was worth something more. And I met a man uh, in '95 who was a book packager, and he asked me if I had ideas for a book. And suddenly I realized this was my moment. This was what all that failure and searching was leading to. That this was the one opportunity I had to, to make right. And so, you know, the main thing was um, if I had gotten too depressed and had given up on myself, I would have never realized this opportunity and I wouldn't be here talking to you. The other one is in the writing of Mastery itself, uh, which was a very complicated book to write because high level, high amount of research and I interviewed contemporary masters and I inter uh, researched uh, you know, historic masters and um, I was about four-fifths of the way through the book when the publisher said, um, sorry, but you're, you're way late in delivering this, and we're either going to have to postpone the project or you have to finish it in like 11 weeks. And I had two of the longest, hardest chapters to write, and I just, in my mind, I said, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm already tired. And it was a little bit of anger that they were, you know, I've had such success. Why are they doing this? And I overcame it. I, I, I pushed past that moment of great doubt 
moment of, I can't do it, of anger and resentment. I said, look, I've got to do it. I've got to shut everything else out. And I've got to work harder than I've ever done in my life. And it ended up, as in the Marcus Aurelius quote, it ended up being absolutely a complete benefit because having to work so intensely in such a short time frame made me think faster, think harder, go deeper into the subject. All kinds of ideas were coming to me. It was an amazing experience. And so, you know, um, basically it's just not, you know, not feeling, feeling like you can do anything is really what it, what it's about. And I, I illustrated that at least to myself in, in, in finishing the book. That's powerful. And there's a couple things I really just want to talk about there. And one thing, just what you just alluded to is so often in life, work expands to the time allotted to it. And yep. as entrepreneurs, when we set ourselves, when we set these deadlines far enough in the future, we just kind of plod along and then all of a sudden it comes down to crunch time and then we get it done. But if we really force these strict deadlines upon ourselves, we can get done amazing things, which you proved with mastery in those 11 short weeks. And believe me, as a reader of your books, I know the amount of time and effort that goes into writing just even one chapter, even just one historical figure is absolutely incredible and just all time consuming. And another point I really want to bring up, you made the comment, I found myself at 36 years old, or I found my rhythm. And that's so important for listeners to hear because I have so many emails from Fire Nation listeners that say, John, I'm 28. John, I'm 38. John, I'm 45 yeah. years old. And is it too late for me to start? Have I missed my boat? Have I missed my opportunity? And you are just a walking, living, breathing example of somebody who just continued to work, to gain experience. And then you found yourself when the time yeah. was right. And that was you at 36. Can you touch on that just a little bit more? The fact that I, ever since I was eight years old, I knew I wanted to be a writer. And in the book Mastery, I talk about the importance of knowing who you are and going into a line of work that meshes with something deep, uh, something emotional that connects to you. So I always knew I wanted to write, um, but I couldn't quite figure out uh, where to channel it. And, you know, I, I worked in New York, I worked in Hollywood, and it, it wasn't. Um, that I noticed that there were two things that were missing. The first was in journalism, nothing I wrote ever really lasted. It was just, you know, it was a good article, and then a week later people were talking about something else. I found that very frustrating. And then in Hollywood, nobody, uh, you would write something, and then 20 other people would come along and change it. You had no control. So when the person, um, Yost Elfers, who produced my first book, said, you know, what about a book? I, I understood something really important there, which is I do have an entrepreneurial spirit. I don't like other people controlling what I do. I want control. I want power. I want to be the one waking up, deciding what I do in the day, controlling the material. I can do that in a book, and I can make something that lasts, that's important, that's well-crafted, that's going to be here 10, 20, 30 years down the line. So... Being patient, I think a lot of people um, give up on themselves too early. They don't realize that if they're, you're 35 or 40 and you've had all these experiences, it's not that it's wasted. Nothing is wasted. Not, those years toiling away in journalism or Hollywood actually made me a better writer. They're not wasted. It's just something else. You're meant to do something else, and you will find it if you keep your your eyes open and your and your 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 eyes. You know your you're, you're waiting for it and, and haven't given up on yourself. 
That's just a great message to pass along. So thank you for sharing that, Robert. And it's a great lead-in to our next topic, which is the aha moment. And you've already shared with us a couple aha moments that you've had during your journey because that's, as entrepreneurs, what we have and what we do. But share with us another aha moment you've had at some point that was just this lightning bulb that came on and you said, wow, this is going to resonate with me, my authentic self with my audience, with my listeners, with my readers? And then how did you turn that aha moment into success? I talk a lot about that whole aha phenomenon um, in mastery itself. And yes. I, I make the case that, that these things don't come out of nowhere. They're, they're your, your years of preparation, study, research, thinking, and then suddenly an idea clicks in your mind. So in writing my books, I continually have them. Um, and, uh, you know, I hit upon one, of course, that was personal when, when the, my career choices as far as writing books. But, you know, in writing Mastery itself, I had this idea um, that there is a key to any kind of power in life, that I could find what connects all of these great, powerful people that I've studied, um, Napoleon, uh, Talleyrand, FDR, Benjamin uh, Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, but it was an intuition. I didn't really know what I meant there, and and so I started researching the book, reading about all these great figures, and then suddenly it came to me. Uh, it came to me in a flash what all what connects all of these amazing people together, and it's quite simply that it's not that they're intellectually more gifted or anything, but it's an emotional quality that they all share. They are all love, they pursue a career path that meshes so deeply with something personal that they have the patience, the energy, the drive, the motivation to study something longer and harder than other people. They're more persistent because they're emotionally connected to what they're doing. They want to solve a problem. They want to figure something out. Um, and so they can handle criticism, setbacks, and they get back on their feet, and they, they study this, and they do it for 15, 20 years, and incredible powers come to them. And it was uh, an insight for me that just, uh, it just kind of blew me away, because when I went back and I looked, uh, reverse engineered this and went back and, and all the people I'd researched, it, they all fit the same, this, this pattern that I just mentioned. So that was kind of a, a powerful aha moment for me. Absolutely. And what just kind of sprung to mind while you were talking and what I've read thus far in the book is with Michael Faraday and just how he just found that mentor, was passionate about it, and just continued to strive and to drive forward. The thing about Michael Faraday, it's an amazing story. I don't know how many people out there don't know about him. He was uh, one of the greatest experimental scientists of the 19th century, an Englishman. Um, And he came from poverty uh, in, in a time in, in a country like England where somebody who's the son of a blacksmith cannot possibly become a scientist. Absolutely impossible. Because right. you, can't, you can't go to a university. You have no access to laboratories. You're just completely shut off. And yet that's what he wanted to do. And this, what's so amazing about the story is it seems that there's a lot of luck involved. Like he walks into a bookstore and he gets a job in a bookstore as a young boy and you know he's he's a bookbinder but he now gets to read all of the books and then he by accident meets a, a scientist who then connects him 
to the one man where he could actually serve as an apprentice on and on. But the case that I make in the book is it isn't luck. This is a man that was so motivated, that was so focused, or a young man, who worked so hard to develop himself that he made these opportunities. He's created his own luck. Um, and, you know, I just think it's a, a powerful lesson uh, for a lot of people. I mean, if, if, if somebody like that can achieve mastery, or someone like in the book, I have a, a contemporary master, Temple Grandin, a woman who was born with autism, and she is a, a great scientist and master. If people like that can overcome, we have no right to complain or, or say, oh, I, I, I can't do it. I could not agree more. And it just kind of goes to the fact that if you're going to stand out on a highway long enough, you're going to get hit by a car. And Michael Faraday just kept putting himself in the right situation over and over and over again. Right. He was going That's to right. be hit, not necessarily by luck, but just by opportunity. That's right. That's a great way of putting it. I agree. So, Robert, have you had an I've made it moment yet? Well, I don't like having that moment. Um, you know, I, I get that. Um, I get a lot of uh, emails now, people who the books have really helped. But I don't like that feeling uh, that I've made it. Uh, I, I don't know why. I, want, I have a restless energy that tells me I've never made it. I'm never going to make it. I got to keep trying. There's like the devil's at my heels. <laughs> you know, I got to keep pushing myself because the moment you feel you've made it, and I, I talk about this in the, a little bit in Mastery, and in the 50th law, people who have success, um, often it becomes the worst thing that happens to them because they don't understand that first there's, there is an element of luck. And also, you can't just keep repeating what you did in the past. It's not about the, the attention that you're getting. It's about the work itself that should be motivating you. So each book that I do, <clears throat> which would be the equivalent of each business that perhaps an entrepreneur enters into... Um, is a new challenge. I'm not going to repeat what I did in the past. I'm not just going to do the same formulas. I'm going to find a book that's different, that's going to make, that maybe surprise the reader a little bit. Uh, I'm going to mix up my process and just keep discovering and, and pushing myself. Maybe when I'm 70 or 80, I'll, I'll rest a little bit, but I don't, <laughs> like, I don't like the feeling of resting. And I noticed that in, in you know, I'm, I'm like, Watching a football game the other day, the the, the Broncos and the um, the Ravens, Ravens, and I'm noticing, damn it, that coach let up on the gas a little too early. He he had that game in his hand, and he get to like a lot of people in life, they get a little bit conservative at the moment when they shouldn't be getting conservative, and bam, it hit him in the face. So uh, to me, that's sort of how I feel. I don't want to get conservative or, or resting on my laurels. Unlike Bill Belichick of the Patriots, my team, who just continued to step on the throat of the Houston Texans. He, he's, he's the uh, greatest uh, football strategist of our year, maybe in sports. He, he's, I wish I could have interviewed him for the book. He, he's an amazing guy. He is amazing. I mean, just an incredible guy. And I really enjoyed your answer, Robert, because yeah. I love this question. I always get such a variety of response from, from entrepreneurs. Some say, John, 
I have an I've made it moment every single day. While others say, John, I'll never have an I've made it moment because that will denote the end of my journey. And I never want to be the end of my journey. And for me, that is the key word in it is journey and how important it is to reach milestones and achievements in that journey and to appreciate them. Because if you're not actually appreciating these milestones and you're just driving on towards the end, then there's issues there as well. So would you say that you are enjoying your journey, Robert? Oh, most definitely, you know, and um, sometimes uh, my girlfriend knows I'll, ha- I'll wake up with a nightmare <laughs> that I'm, I'm working at one of those jobs that I had before I wrote books in which I was really unhappy and that, that all this, these books are just, that's actually never really happened. Oh, and when I remind myself of where I was in the early 90s of, you know, and compare it to now, I'm extremely grateful, extremely blessed. And I do have those moments quite a lot. Um, but I'm very careful with them. I don't want them to last too long because I do want to continually drive myself. But you're right. If you don't ever have them, then what's the point? You know, why do you continually drive yourself if you don't have a feeling of accomplishment? So spending three years writing mastery and finishing it and seeing it there and the happy look on my mother's face, yeah, it makes it incredibly worth it. Okay, now it's time to go on to the next book. Absolutely. And that was a great visual of you waking up with a nightmare in the middle of the night and then just reminding yourself or your girlfriend reminding you, hey, Robert, it's okay. You you just wrote mastery. And I can just see this contented smile on your face as you drift back back off into Never Neverland. But you don't know how, how awful those jobs were. So you, yeah, but you're right. That's, that's how I feel. <laughs> so Robert, let's talk about what's going on right now. Mastery's yeah. out. It's complete. It's on the bookshelves. It is absolutely killing it. What is one thing that's just really exciting you about what's going on in Robert Greene's life right now? Well, um, you know, the book was, um, the book is a little bit counterintuitive. It's telling you out there uh, that there are no shortcuts to success. It's actually going to take you 10,000 hours. I'm not going to promise you that you can, some bit of technology or drug or anything I'm going to write is going to shorten that process. So there was always the fear that, you know, a lot of people nowadays, it's just not going to connect with them. So I'm really excited. I'm getting a lot of emails from people as the, you know, it's only been out two, three months now or two months now. Uh, I'm getting a lot of emails (coughs) from people, (coughs) excuse me, who it's really, really, really helping them. It's really calming them down. It's really helping them get that, give them a long-term approach to their life. Yes. So many self-help books are just so short-term oriented. They don't stick in your head. They, they, they make you emotional and anxious. This is a book that's going to calm you down and say, look, it's not a matter of the next six months. We're talking about the next five, 10, 20 years of your life. And here's how you can manage that path. So I'm really excited um, that people are getting it because if they weren't, um, I'd be a little worried, you know, because I'm trying to show you this is a timeless thing. This is how the brain is wired. You can't get around it. And I wanted to see, particularly young people, they, they, they do get it and they understand uh, what I'm writing about. Um, so the emails are coming in and it's, it's making me, it's, that's putting a smile on my face more than anything. Well, we do get it, Robert. And for me, an entrepreneur on fire, I get the question every day, John, why do you do a daily podcast? And I say, have you read Mastery by Robert Greene? I got to get to my 10,000 hours and I'm going to get a, a lot quicker doing one a day than one a week. So let's get cracking. 
Well, that's a that's a good uh, mentality. There's a person I pro I uh, profile in the book, Paul Graham, who's a amazing entrepreneur. I don't know if, they have, if you've heard of him, but he started this company, Y Combinator, uh, which is basically an apprenticeship system for people who want to start up their own tech company uh, in Silicon Valley. And he, as a hacker, he decided the more you do it, the better you're going to get. And so, instead, you know, most um, angel investors do maybe two or three startups a year. He is investing and and working with hundreds in a year. And in that process, in those first two years, he learned so much. Um, the learning curve was so great. You want to give yourself a learning curve. So many people shy away from jobs that are potentially challenging or positions like that. Um, and they go for something that's more cushier, there's more money. You want a learning curve in your life. You want to have to force yourself like you're doing to learn more and learn faster. And I think what you're doing is a, is a great method. And you're going to reach those. You, maybe you've already reached those 10,000 hours. <laughs> I'm at about 21%. I'm keeping careful track. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, and look at Y Combinator. Now it's valued at over $500 million. I mean, obviously, Paul is doing something right. And a lot of people are mimicking what he's doing and it's really yep. giving a lot of great young entrepreneurs and older entrepreneurs the opportunity to really master something. So Robert, let's use this to lead into the last segment of the interview, which is the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, wow. Okay. I'm up to the pressure. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The idea that that I needed to find a, 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 the right position, you know, I like I needed to find a job somewhere in a company or working for a magazine or for a film company, and 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 boy, was that holding me back. What I needed to do was work for myself, was to be not working for anybody else, and to have control and be self motivated and self reliant. And not looking outward, but looking at inward. What is the best business advice you ever received? I never received any great business advice, um, and it's it's I've had to kind of do it on my own. Um, my father was a was a businessman his whole life, and basically, I just inherited his somewhat cautious approach. Uh, to business. In other words, he wasn't into flash or making a quick buck or getting seduced by purchasing all kinds of expensive items. And I like that myself. I'm a realist, a practical person. So maybe I just say I inherited or be, I absorbed from my father that kind of realistic approach to business. So Robert, as an author, if you could yep. only choose two websites to obtain all the information you need to succeed. What would they be, and why? Wow, you know, um, I I can't really answer that question because it's 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 more like I don't want to be dependent on any single source of information. So my uh, internet instincts are constantly making me confirm and verify and check out three or four different sources. That's what the internet's all about. Um, if you're sitting there and you're getting your information from one or two websites, I think you're, you're I'm sorry, but I think you're an idiot. You got to take advantage of, of, of the fact that you can, can check, double check, 
I, I know, for instance, I've like gotten quotes from the internet that I wanted to use for my book, and then I like look and I find that the quote doesn't even exist. Somebody <laughs> made it up. Wait, is Wikipedia not always correct? <laughs> is often not correct. Right. Uh, I don't remember where that quote was, but it ended up it was it, it. This person never even said it. It was ridiculous. So uh, my approach is uh, I I use the strength of the internet, which is I, I don't rely on any single website. I I, I I float and surf. All right. Well, that's valuable insight, Robert. Yeah. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? I recently got part of a, a new website that I'm very excited about called rapgenius.com. Uh, I now have my own page on. And, and what I like is it's kind of a, a, a new sort of Wikipedia uh, where people are, are sharing uh, things from literature or from songs. It started off from hip-hop lyrics. Um, and they're explaining what they think it means. And then it leads to all these incredible, interesting philosophical discussions about uh, this line in the, in a song or this paragraph in a book, uh, and I love the kind of you know the crowdsourcing the, the the Wikipedia aspect of it. So that maybe be the new the new one on the you know I, I change. So what I loved two months ago, I don't love anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, besides the Robert Green bookshelf, which we will yes. link up in the show notes, do you have a book you could recommend to Fire Nation? You know, I did. I did uh, mention uh, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Um, you know, what an amazing book, um, and and it really will kind of uh, ground you um, as a I call you know as a warrior in life, uh, um, as an entrepreneur. It's like the ultimate sort of mindset that you can adopt, where you're you're calm, you're centered. Anything that ha comes your way, you're going to turn into a fuel, into fire. Um, and I read it all the time. If you saw my copy of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, man, you would laugh. It is so dog-eared. So it's been underwater. It's been to 20 different countries. It's underlined 3,000 times. And I'm not going to get a new copy because I love it. I think that's my, my ultimate resource. Powerful. Robert, you've given us some great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then tell us how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. The lesson that I have in, in, in mastery is that it's not about individual brilliance or IQ or going to a special school. Every single person is born with a human brain that is the product of millions of years of evolution and it is wired for high-level achievement, for mastery. It's really a matter of going through the process and awakening this. So it's there. It's, you have the material. It's just how you look at yourself that matters. That's That's ultimately what I want, the lesson of the book. Uh, my website is www.powerseductionandwar.com. The and is spelled out, so that's powerseductionandwar.com. We will link all this up in the show notes, Robert. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your knowledge. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for having me, John. I really enjoyed it. Fire Nation. My first book, Podcast Launch, is now live at Amazon. In this book, I share all and have created a step-by-step -step process for launching your podcast. The Fire bonus is 15 video tutorials that I included with the purchase. 
You join me as I walk us step-by-step through each process visually, and by the end, you will be a podcasting pro. Pick up your copy at podcastlaunch.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.